Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy! Good morning. Is there anything better than starting your Monday with a drumline, Father? It is. It is amazing, and and not only the drumline, but hearing those beautiful angelic voices that I get to hear every every Sunday night at five thirty, it's always a treat. And uh, to hear them this morning is always a pleasure. For sure. So this is uh, Monday of the now fifth week of Easter, and uh, beautiful homily, beautiful week, beautiful weekend. Very uh, uh, fitting and, and providential. We celebrated our three first communion masses. Uh, for the uh, St. Teresa School second graders on Saturday, and we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, but Father, as we do every uh, every podcast, or as we will be doing every podcast, if you could just go ahead and give us a quick rundown of uh, your take of this weekend, uh, the readings and the gospel. Well, we had such a beautiful gospel yesterday. I am the vine, you are the branches. And listen, this has been so important during this last year as we have navigated through the pandemic, as now we're trying to probably, hopefully, crossing my fingers and toes right now and praying to God that we are coming to the end of this pandemic. But we've been trying to navigate and trying to stay connected to Jesus Christ. Obviously, this is one of the mediums that we're using to stay connected to Christ. We did the live uh, the live chats uh, a year ago when we were locked down at home. Uh, we had to do the, the virtual masses. But right now, that gospel resonates so much with each and every one of us because we are all looking to stay connected to our Lord, to stay connected to Him and to the church, keeping in mind that one, you know, mic drop phrase that Jesus uses in in yesterday's gospel, without me you can do nothing. But Jesus, that's not only, that's not the first blunt line he uses in this 15th chapter of St. John. At the beginning of the chapter, when he says, I am the vine and my father is the vine grower, he says, he cuts off, my father cuts off whoever does not produce fruit. Now, I started off my homily yesterday with something, with a, with a funny story that uh, I didn't know about this time last year. Today is the 3rd of May. And according to tradition, I don't know what tradition it is, I had never heard about it until last year. Last year we were all in lockdown, we were all bored, we were all making stuff up to do in our in our homes and sharing it with people. Look, we just did this, we just did that, or posting it on social media. So in a group chat that we have in our family of extended cousins, about 25 cousins on it, my father's, uh, one of my father's, my father has 24 first cousins, I only have two. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. And one of his first cousins comes on, he looks like a lunatic, has a machete in his hand, he goes, today is the 3rd of May. He's saying this in Spanish. Today is the 3rd of May, and today is when you, you know, insult and berate any mamoncillo tree, it's mamoncillo is a fruit, that has not produced fruit this past year. So you take the blade of the machete and smack the tree while berating it. And Jorge, I just showed you the videos. And it's hilarious. No, I, I mean, I would share the, the audio of the videos, but uh, they are not uh, PG. PG. Yeah, because <laughs> they're, you know, these are old Cubans. Uh, sorry for to lessen to my dad calling you old. You're not. Anyway, so, so they're there berating it. 
And so part of part of what they're saying to the tree is if you don't produce fruit during this coming year, and by the way, this is very gospel-like. If you don't produce fruit during this coming year, I'm cutting you down next year. That's another parable that Jesus says sure. when uh you know, when the master comes and tells the gardener, listen, if, if this fruit doesn't produce, if this tree, I think it's the fig tree, the fig tree does, yep. doesn't uh, produce fruit uh, during this coming year, I'm coming, I'm cutting it down. So uh, my father does a video as well. A cousin, another, he, my father reminded me that another cousin of mine produced a video as well. They were hilarious, but it, it, it fed so beautifully into this image that we have of Jesus telling us, listen, we have to stay connected because we as Christians... Catholics, we are called to produce fruit. And we need to be able to always stay connected to the source of our life, which is Jesus, the vine. We are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. So, you know, before we continue, I should call uh, the city of Coral Gables and, and tell them they might get a complaints of, of <laughs> a, a bunch of residents you know, with machetes in hand yelling at trees. I think your today. mother was going to do it as well because she has a tree in the back that uh, isn't. Oh, I got to make sure she gets a video of that. That's yeah, going to be hilarious. Your, your mother would, would be pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we have this uh, this idea of and, and Jesus Christ himself telling us, you know, be connected to me. And, and you know, I just want to uh, speak briefly about our first communions. Um you know, obviously, this is this is my my main job here. You know, mm -hmm. of, of all the titles I have, all the hats that I wear, uh, you know, my principal thing is preparing our students, uh, not just in the um, assisting with the school, but in our religious ed program, for their sacraments to receive their sacraments. And and uh, I would say, you know, ninety percent of our students are preparing for first communion. Uh, so this is probably my favorite time of the year. Seriously, ninety percent. It's it's up there. It's it, a, I know it's a lot. It's yeah. a, there's a huge drop off when. Well, not not for, me, for but it's first and second year. Yeah, correct. Because I, I mean, I, I heard that number. I mean, these are numbers your pastor should know. But it's like now it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, there's there's nothing like the face of mm -hmm. one of these students as they're receiving communion. And then you mentioned it in your homily, and, and you know, I, I've never really paid attention to that because I go and distribute communion to to the people, and then you know, I, I jump back into my MC role to clean up the the altar and and get everything ready for the next part of mass uh, but you mentioned in your homily that you know you love to look out and see these kids you know sitting in those pews praying an intense prayer because th they're uh taught by their teachers and their catechists and, and sometimes their parents uh you know when you receive jesus for the very first time go back to your pew and give thanks kneel down and give thanks and you see you know, and you see sometimes you see their little faces straining, like mm, I'm gonna pray really, 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 really hard, and and it's just so beautiful. And so the point that I made in the homily yesterday is like, I pray that we as adults recover that recover that childlike innocence, because so many times you know we receive communion and we're like, eh. you know, it's like we go back to our pew if we go back we to go our back, pew, yeah. to our pew. And this is something that I preached about maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, because what a gift we receive. Because literally what Jesus is talking about, remain in me and I in you, that's what happens in the Eucharist. That's how we connect to Jesus the vine. And so when we go back to the pew, it is so important for us to be cognizant of who we have received, of what we are doing, and whether that manifests, manifests itself in intense prayer or joining the choir in song or you know worship 
whatever it is, as long as we acknowledge that we have just done something sacred. And, and I went off, I think, three or four weeks ago, like I said in Mass, that, you know, this drive-through mentality that we have of receiving, and I see it every Sunday, of receiving communion and walking out the door because we have something to do. I go, hold on a second. What can we possibly have to do out there that is more important than what we are doing in there in the church. Seriously, when you think about it, oh, because we're late to a, a, a brunch reservation sure. or we're late for a birthday party or we want to beat the traffic to Publix, whatever. We're shopping as a pleasure. You know, <laughs> uh, they are not a paid sponsor, but Publix, yes. if you want right. to uh, sponsor us we'll and help it. us, uh, we'll take it. Um, but there isn't anything out there that's more important than what we do during that hour on Sunday. And sometimes we don't make it to an hour. Yeah. And still people, I stand out there and I see people walking out. Uh, we have to recover that childlike innocence that our children did to be able to recognize that we've just received Christ and he is saying to us, as he said yesterday, remain in me and I in you. Rant over. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, when I rehearse with the kids, you know, I tell them, you know, when, when you get back to your pew, and really it, it's nothing new. The saints have been saying this forever. You know, if mm-hmm. we really understood what we're doing, what we've received, you know, we, we would have no option but to just sit there and weep you know, because we would be so overcome. And I tell the kids, like, the, the, the God who made the entire universe, you know, just came down and, and was, you're holding him in the palm of your hand and you just consumed him, you know. So, so the God who made heaven and earth and all these, you know, these planets that we look through a, through a telescope and are just amazed by him, is physically in our hands and physically you know we take him into our body and you know that's it's it's so big that it's hard to kind of wrap our our minds around and and that's the point you know that we would have no point but to weep and so to see you know people like you said people who receive it and and just walk out who receive him excuse me and then just walk out the door uh and, and it and the eucharist is still in their mouth it's like what are you doing <laughs> no it is and 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 as a priest, and just and just a priest, and not just me, the priest. If you, if anybody wants to stand with me on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening, or Sunday afternoon, and just sit, you know, d- you know, during communion, and then back when I'm not celebrating mass, and just stand there, and just watch. And you know, as a pastor, not only does my heart break, but I feel kind of bad for those people because they just don't understand. Now I know that those people are not listening to this. Because we have, you know, our following. We have For the sure. people that are that are that have that have paid attention to the announcements of the bulletin and and on social media of of this podcast. But you know, this is where a little fraternal correction may be in order. Where if you see a friend who does this habitually, now listen. There's always uh, legitimate legitimate reasons. Like I'll give you an example. My assistant. You know, we're praying for her right now because uh, her dad is is in his last days. Uh, he's, he's dying. But she came to Mass yesterday. And not only did she come to Mass yesterday, she served at Mass yesterday as an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. And as far as I know, I know, I mean, she stayed to the <laughs> end because that's part of her ministry. I mean, so, and this is someone who had every excuse. For sure. To say, you know what, I only I have, have go, right? 40 minutes for Mass today and somebody cover for me and, 
I'm just going to hear the homily, take communion, and run out the door to go see my father. And, and again, that is a legitimate excuse. If it's an emergency, if there's a doctor, you know, we live down the road from children's, somebody gets paid, fine. But when you're walking out as a family, what are you telling your family? Or, let me take it to another extreme, uh, the people that gather in the vestibule, you know, to be closest to the exit once Father gives the blessing. Again, what you're saying with your actions is what I have to do out there is more important than what I'm doing in here. And I'm not saying you can't pray in the vestibule. I'm not saying that you can't join, you know, some people go to the Sacred Heart or to one of the images, and I'm like, "Eh," I mean, nice, but really... You know, I think of the you know of the statue of Saint Ther- of Saint Therese and, and of Saint Anthony of Padua in, in our in our in our saying, uh, turn around and, and look at the Lord. <laughs> you know, but so all these things, it kind of breaks up that concept of you know there's a branch that's kind of like trying to run away. You know, they're trying to get the best of both worlds. I want I'm I'm trying to, you know. I'm trying to stay close to Jesus, but at the same time, I, I have one foot in here and one foot out the door. I used the analogy yesterday that I used with my teenagers about the phone. Yeah, and I was, was going to ask you that too, and, and it's, a, it's a great analogy with, with the charger. Uh, and sorry to just jump no, in okay. here, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you didn't hear that, um, that homily father talked about, uh, that, that need to be physically connected to the Lord. Uh, and, and using physically. The, the, physically, yes, using, yeah. using the phone chargers where, you know, and, and the teens, and you'll talk about it now, are always running around with their phones at 15, 10% and, and I don't have get it on that. low power mode. And I don't get just, that. Just plug it in. Just plug it in and, and you'll literally get the boost that There's you need to continue. There's chargers everywhere. Um, you, and you need that, phys- and you need it, and it has to be a full connection. You know, you, Last night, for example, I, I plugged in my phone before I went to bed and I woke up this morning and it was at 5%. Uh, because the other end wasn't plugged into the wall. Ooh, that, that's <laughs> happened to me. That's you know, I unplugged it to charge my watch, and I forgot to switch the cables back. Uh, so I woke up this morning. What what happened here? And and it was missing the other half of the. So it has to be that full connection. You know, not not just one foot in and, and one foot and out. And paying the door. attention to the details for sure. So what I was saying with the with that physical connection is that we have wireless chargers now, but they're not. Yes, they work, but they're not as effective, and they they don't do it as fast as the physical charge. They're not as effective as the physical charge. So when you plug in to the Lord, when you connect with him in a real, and I believe this is what we talked about in the first podcast episode we did, when we come to Mass and receive him and engage him in a transformative way, then that's how we're doing it correctly. That's how we're living yesterday's gospel. Not by saying, okay, I'm going to come in and, and plug for like, you know, 40 minutes and then we're out the door. You're not, you're going to run out of juice by the end of the week. For sure. And so, because it's not only the hour. See, the, that, the hour is the bare minimum that our Lord asks of us in the third commandment. What do we do the rest of the week? And not, just, not just the rest of the week, but the rest of the year, Father. You know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, Jesus is talking to us about bearing fruit, and and if we're going to mass, uh, you know, once during Easter, which is the, you know, to, to receive communion once a year, how can we expect to bear to bear any fruit? Uh, you know, if we're never going to confession, you know, what kind of fruit are we are we going to be, you know, showing to the world? And, and we, it, it's not just one hour a week. It's not just one hour a year. It's it has to be regular. It has to become part of 
not just what we do, but who we are, where, where we're receiving the Lord, not just in the Eucharist, but, but going to confession and receiving his mercy, you know, being active in the parish and, you know, letting that become part of our everyday life, like we had spoken about in that previous podcast. And, and, and here is where, and I, here is where the long-term effects of this pandemic will pan out and what we worry about as priests is that so many people got used to uh, the convenience. The convenience, yeah. The convenience of the virtual mass. You were there when I was asking the second graders in a teaching mass a couple weeks ago, you know, how do we, what happens? How do we stay connected? You know, or how do we we, go on vacation? Oh, we go to virtual mass. I'm like, "Uh," instead of, (laughs) you know, instead of finding the nearest church near you, masstimes.org, if you travel, masstimes.org, has the mass that's near you anywhere in the world. And, you know, even the kids have gotten used to that, but that's not it. You know, the virtual mass at this point is for the most vulnerable. At this point, because, you know, I've, my goodness, I must have, I've probably preached on this a million times since we opened up last, a year ago, this month. You know, at this point, you know, we need to be able to come back to church. We need that physical connection. We need to receive the Eucharist and to delight in the Eucharist. To delight in the same way that our Blessed Mother delighted in beholding the Lord when she held Jesus in her arms when he was born. Delight, you know, the other day we we did the communions on the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Delight as St. Joseph delighted in beholding the author of all creation in his arms, in his unworthy arms. And so us... We're all unworthy. This priest that's speaking to you is unworthy. God has deemed us worthy to give us the sacrament of his body and blood. Let us take advantage of that gift that we have been given by our Lord. And especially when it comes to little ones, because you and I both see it, whether it's in religious ed or in the school, they love going to church. They love the, the excitement that they have. And then adults get in the way. Adults get in the way. Pesky adults. We pesky adults. (laughs) We get in the way of that innocence. Again, going back to that innocence. We get in the way. Oh, because we can't go to to church today because we have this birthday party. We have to go to Disney because the the, the seasonal pass is going to expire by the end of the month. I don't know anything about these things. And, and, you know, not not to point fingers because it's me too. Right. That temptation is always there, you know, just the other day. Uh, you were saying, oh, man, I have a headache. You know, I woke up, I'm not feeling well. Do we want to go to Mass or, or just, you know, watch it watch it on the stream at home? And you said, no, no, no. And But the thought, you know, crossed with, our... And with two children. <laughs> yeah, you know, but the thought crossed our mind and we actually verbalized it. And then we just kind of snapped back into like, what are, what, what are we saying, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and you talked, again, to, to go back to the First Communion, the prayer after communion, beautiful. I, I, didn't, no, I didn't notice it the first one. Uh, but at the second mass, the prayer after communion literally says, you know, having feasted on these heavenly delights. It's, it's an amazing line. And it's, it just caught me when, when you prayed that as, as I'm looking out to these children. And it goes back to what we're talking about. You know, for the beauty of the virtual mass, for the, the, you know, the, the truth of spiritual communion, we cannot feast on heavenly delights without actually being there and, ha- mm-hmm. and actually receiving you know, the fullness of, of the of the grace of the Eucharist. It's like it's like getting up to heaven and goes God saying to us, you know what? 
There's virtual heaven over yeah. there. You could watch <laughs> what heaven is like no, it's through a window. Through right? a window. It's, it's not the same thing. And, and God forbid that happens to us. But uh, it's time to come home. It, it's time to come home to bear fruit, fruit that will remain. But it will only remain if we remain in him by being connected to him. And I said yesterday because, and I mentioned Mary earlier, we started the month of Mary. It's important to go to Mary if we're having trouble staying connected because we have no greater intercessor other than our Lord, than our Blessed Mother. And we have to be able to go to Mary and to Joseph to be able to say, help me to connect to your son. Help me stay connected to your son. Because that phrase, you know, it just... That verse that Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. It's like, if you're reading the Bible, it's like some, it's like Jesus, you know, grabbing you in, uh, with that verse and saying, well, listen it to me. It stops you in your tracks. I don't know why. And I shared this with a friend yesterday morning, and, I, I, and he tweeted back at me when I put that, without me, you can do nothing. While I was preaching on that yesterday, we just had the release of Coming to America 2. And the first one is a classic yeah. movie, especially the barbershop scene. And they, they are, they're always arguing about, about, uh, about boxers and things like that. And I forget what it is that they're talking about, but one of the, the barber that's always in the corner eating, he's always eating. Yeah. It's, a, it's an Arsenio Hall character. Uh, there, was one, there was an argument they were having, and this phrase that, you know, the way that he says it came, kept coming to mind when I was saying, without him... You can't without me. You can do nothing. And Arsenio Hall and the over there saying he ain't lying. He ain't lying because <laughs> he said it once or twice during during that movie. So when Jesus says, "Without me, you can do nothing," that character was going off in my head. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. Yep. He ain't lying. He, this is truth because in your my friends that are listening, in your spiritual life, the times that you have separated yourself from Jesus, you separated yourself from the church. Have you truly been happy? Have you borne fruit? You talked about it, Ori, last week. Last week with my vocation story. Exactly. When you started high school, you went through that, you know, awkward 18, 19 year old phase where you're like rebelling against everything. But when you you come back, you realize, wow, it's true. Without him, I can't do nothing. Nothing. I mean, you could be, you can maybe get by. Maybe. Yep. And you can, I mean, you can find success, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, you, know, you, can, but, you can make money, you can get fame, you can, but but all this stuff means but nothing. Will, will it take us to the but, heavenly delights? No, of no, no, but that's what I'm saying. It, yeah, and and the, that phrase, you know, you can't buy happiness. Uh, so the Lord wants us to be happy. The Lord wants us, you know, to, to enjoy everything that is good because that's, you know, and we talked about that's who he is. That's what, that's what he destined us for. And ultimately, he wants us to, to be with him in heaven. So, right. and so, and so, here's the thing, you know, we've talked so much about the physical pandemic that's going on in the world with COVID nineteen, and we have to pray for so many countries that are still ravaged by it. And, and here in this country, it looks like we're doing better. When you know, seeing you know, seeing so many events coming back, you know, Kentucky Derby, seeing all those people there on Saturday, it was great. Seeing st- baseball stadiums starting to come back to life, it's great. Seeing churches, you know, we steadily increase in attendance every week it's great but what we worry about as priest is a spiritual pandemic and the pope talked about this at the very beginning of the pandemic in that we'll recover from the people that were coming to church before and got used to the virtual mass and then 
eh, the virtual mass, I don't need it. And now it's like, you know, I was quoting my predecessor yesterday in the homily saying, he's saying, you know, they've gone through a year and saying, hey, I haven't gone to mass yeah. and I haven't been struck by lightning, so maybe I don't need to go to mass. Yes, we need to go to mass. Yes, we need to reconnect. And so that's why I challenge everyone, if you have a friend, if you have a neighbor, if you have an acquaintance, a work, somebody in your work, in your school, that used to go to mass and because of the pandemic, you know, has made all sorts of excuses. Oh, I don't want to wear a mask for an hour or I'm afraid of, you know, catch it. No one's caught anything in our churches. We, keep, we are doing the same things. I was thinking about this this morning. We are doing the same protocols, the same things in our churches to keep everybody safe that we were doing a year ago. Yep. While everybody else has changed and evolved, we're doing the same things and no one's caught it. So I challenge you, invite a friend, bring them to mass because all of us are connected as part of this vineyard, we are, and again, this is not the image that Jesus uses is kind of uh, the same image that St. Paul uses to the body of Christ. All of us are connected to Jesus, who is the vine. So I challenge you bring someone to Mass, invite them, challenge them. How are you staying connected to Jesus Christ, the true vine? All right, Father, what did you think of the draft? Uh, I mean... <laughs> it's, it's the question we've all been dying to ask you, and, and no, here I we mean, are. <laughs> I was excited. Listen, everybody comes up to me yesterday goes, Father, the Dolphins did a great draft. You know, everybody's giving them A's and all that stuff. I'm like, eh. I mean, I would, the really one that I was really excited about, we're going to hear audio of that uh, in, a, in a bit, uh, was Jalen Phillips yeah. the second pick we had in the I first can't believe year. he fell to 18. He He's a stud. And the Dolphins, that he fell to 18, the Dolphins were ecstatic uh, about about that. But you know what? What I think what really demoralized me was on, on, on Friday night, you know, we, we talked about this last week, getting that running back from, from uh, North Carolina. From North Carolina. Yep. And we're sitting there at the fourth pick of the uh, of the second round. And I don't know why we didn't have the third pick. I'm still trying to figure out how Atlanta was able to trade that pick to Denver so they could take that running back, whose name right now is escaping me. Javante Williams? Exactly. So Hey, look at that. I remembered a name with no notes. That's, exactly. that's You have no, no notes in front of me. I have notes in front of me. You do not. right there. <laughs> okay, but so I'm, I'm gearing up the second day, and I was not in front of a TV. I was doing something here in the parish, and... You know, I'm looking at my phone, and all of a sudden, I see Denver's traded for that pick, and Denver jumped ahead of us to take that to running take back. Him, yep. And I was like, "And we didn't take a running back to the seventh round, and we need a running back. We have Miles Gaskin. That's it. Yep. We need a running back." You see, Jacksonville taking Etn. I mean, come on, Najee so, so Harris. You're, so you're not. So you're not buying the the rationale that having these explosive receivers no, no. is going to open up the run game. Jalen Waddle. What running? If you have no one to run the ball, what running game, George? Come on. Okay, so here's what happened, folks. Okay, I, I was excited on Thursday night. We picked Jalen Waddle. My reaction, I, or he asked me to, uh, to record my reaction. It was like, it's not you, worth it. You were surprised. Airing. No, but but you were genuinely, there was, I was like surprised shock, I, a little bit of shock. Yes, there. I was shocked because I really thought they were going to take Devontae Smith. So they take Jalen Waddle, and now 
you're gonna hear audio. I came after the Jalen Phillips piece. I we were pumped. Jorge and I were pumped. He, he was excited. We got something from the U. About Can't go time, wrong. right? About we haven't time. drafted anyone from the U since 2012. We haven't drafted anyone. I think it was Lamar uh, Lamar Miller was one of the last Canes that yeah. we uh, and he and he was fine. But to get he was only there for a year, year but he's you know and they tweeted out forever a Kane. So I'm I'm psyched. I was with a friend of mine over at the rectory. We watched the draft. He went home to his wife and children. I came in here, and I recorded this. All right, it is 10.45 on draft night. I crossed the street from the rectory to come record this emergency pod segment because obviously uh, Father Manny has no life. No, I'm just kidding. I still have to go do my night prayers, evening prayer, prepare my homily for tomorrow, and so I'll be going to bed around 2 o'clock in the morning. But... Had to react to what the Dolphins did. I'm going to get my cousin's reaction on the phone. I still don't know how to do this online, so we're going to hear him on the phone. Uh, the Dolphins at the sixth pick pick Jalen Waddle, and here is my reaction to that pick. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Whoa! Receiver, Whoa! We get to the 18th pick. The draft is going our way. The Raiders made a crazy pick at, at 17. So with the 18th pick, the Dolphins select Jalen Phillips from the U. And this is my reaction. more excited because we needed a rusher especially in this in, in this new afc east where mac jones can't believe he fell down to 15 uh, and yet here we are uh bill belichick continues to get these guys and who knows maybe the next tom brady's there so jalen phillips comes in to get get after zach wolfs and get after josh allen and get after mac jones so the new NF, afc east I am psyched about the Jalen Phillips pick. He had a great year. He had a great pro day just down the road in Green Tree. Uh, so psyched about the Dolphins draft. Great night. Spent it with my friend. Uh, you probably heard him in the background screaming. But now we're going to call uh, my cousin, the pulmonologist from Tampa General, uh, Dr. Michael Alvarez, uh, who I adore. And he was kind of jealous that I was doing sports on a podcast. And I hadn't invited him. So let's call it Primo Up. All right, Dr. Michael Alvarez joining us live from Tampa. Mike, uh, we picked Jalen Waddle with the first pick. Uh, we weren't sold on him. What do you, what, what do you think? I like the pick. I like the pick. He's short, stocky, got some muscle, better than the Flacco Penko that we had with uh, Devontae. <laughs> Remember, there's a religious podcast, dude. <laughs> That's, okay. <laughs> That's okay. We can edit that out. Don't worry about it. But uh, No, but you weren't in on Smith. I was all in on Smith. No, I thought Smith was a little bit thin for the NFL. They call them Marvin Harrison, perfect, Isaac Bruce type. This is the perfect player for Tua. He had the Speed. most chemistry with Tua before Tua left. Yeah, He's good in the slot. He gets open, quick slant, downfield, takeoff. I think this is a great pick for the Dolphins and for Tua. All right, so 
we weren't okay. I mean, I, I was, I mean, they heard my, my reaction earlier. But when we get to 18, the draft is going our way, and we get the guy from the U, the U baby. Talk to us about Jalen Phillips. That guy was a monster last year on the line for UM. This guy gets after quarterbacks, running backs, runs through tackles, and he is one of the players that's going to help the Dolphins defense get to the next level. And Flores knew that. Flores snagged him. He's got an eye for defensive players, and this guy's going to make a big impact. All right, so, Doctor, in your medical opinion, how concerned should we be about the two concussions he had when he was at UCLA? The concussions are worrisome. Um, You know, he had to really prove to the NFL scouts that he could play. And I've been confident that Flores and his staff talked to the medical professionals, talked to the UM staff. You know, and, guys, uh, you, you like like me, you know guys on the Dolphins' uh, medical staff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they, uh, that they did their due diligence and, and, and feel comfortable that he can overcome this. It's always a risk to have another concussion when you've had one. So yeah. we got to watch that as the game goes on. All right. Papo, I love you. Keep doing the work that you're doing. Uh, he's been on the front line since last March up there in Tampa General. God bless you. We've been praying for you all this time. That is my cousin, Dr. Michael Alvarez. Say hi to Nicole and the kids, all right? Love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So you see, I, I called my cousin in Tampa, and I apologize for the audio quality of that because uh, we're, we're getting an adapter to be able to do phone calls. We're, we're upgrading our studio yeah. here, little by so, little. Little by little. And so literally, I was holding up this phone on speaker to the microphone. But uh, obviously, getting the doctor to talk about Philip's concussions issue uh, was, was enlightening. But he was so funny with what he was talking about with, uh, Dev- with Devontae. He didn't want Devontae Smith. He wanted Chase or Waddle. A friend that was with me, he wanted uh, Pitts or Chase. And when they went four and five, it was yep. nothing. So, I mean... Listen, safety. Yes, we need because uh, Rashad, uh, Rashad Jones. Is, I, he, you know, he gave he gave us all during these last few years, and we can be more grateful. Uh, but we need safety help, and you can never draft enough linemen. I guess develop them because the five years with the, with the Dolphins, I saw them draft linemen after linemen after linemen that wouldn't pan out. So, so when people say, and listen, it's great. Everybody's giving them an A grade. I'm happy. It has to translate to the field. So, and Jorge, how in the world does the UM kicker, Jose Borreales, not, not get, get drafted? drafted. Was, and, and there was the a, guy from UF got drafted. That's in what the I was going to say. There, was some, there were some other kickers that got drafted. And I'm the, like, and this guy didn't. I mean, this guy, this guy's hitting 60 yarders in, in practice. It's you know nuts. why? Because he went to FIU. Oh, that was low. That was a little low. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. He beat loss. us, though. He yeah, that's no that of, and of fake, unhappy memory. No, he didn't beat us. Fake cramps beat us. Fake cramps beat us. Yes, let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go. Speaking, let's go there. speaking of cramps, this is a beautiful transition because <laughs> because what yes. the heck is going on with the Marlins? I want to know who their strength and conditioning coach is. Oh, you wow! Because we're we're we're, we're not we're not pulling any punches. This half half our I don't know. Well, I don't even I know what the, half, what the, half our half lineup. of our starting lineup is out with hamstring injuries. Um, I know these are professional athletes, but come on! Like I, you, you saw, you saw the game on Friday. I couldn't. We lost it in extra innings. Yeah, and that one hurt. It, that know, one hurt. I, I saw it when it was. I, I saw the final score was done. I caught a bit of the Saturday game. They were both one o'clock games, and I caught a bit of yesterday's game. And the people, that, these guys, aren't ready. Nope. Listen, they're great prospects. 
but they're not ready. But we're, look- we're back to fielding our our Triple A team up here. Triple A, you're being generous. <laughs> Listen, this this was the lineup yesterday. Isan against Diaz, against Max Scherzer against Max Scherzer, who by the way was dealing with a lot because he knew that his wife was about to go into labor. She went into labor as when the game finished. He put, he pitched a complete game. Isan Diaz, John Birdie, Garrett Cooper, Corey Dickerson, Louis Sprint, oh, Louis Sprinson, <laughs> um, Sandy Leone. Jose Devers, who got his first hit yesterday, congratulations, off Matt Scherzer. Well, like three pitcher, three hitters, excuse me, got their first hit yesterday, yeah. which is uh, an indictment Har- on And Monte Harrison, that is our triple, with the exception of Cooper and Birdie. And Dickerson. And Dickerson, that is our triple A yeah. lineup. I, I, I have tickets with a friend for, for Wednesday's game, and I'm like, who's trade going Trade him in, trade him in. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> who's going to pitch? I mean, I mean, who's going to hit? Pitchers, I mean, pitchers we have. Sandy goes tomorrow, and Pablo goes on Wednesday. But I'm looking at this lineup, and I'm like going, yeah. Well, I, I sent you the screenshot. Uh, we had one player above the Mendoza line. For for those non-baseball okay, okay, folks, that's, lo- that's 200. That's 200. Here are the here are the batting. Here are the batting. We areas. just lost a bunch of people. 182, what are they talking 188, about? 177. <laughs> Dickerson's the only one above 300. 316, 167. Lewis Princeton is 167. Sandy Leon, who was just called up 269, Devers 111, Harrison 200. I'm not even going to mention the pitcher. But you can't win that way. Nope. And listen, they were, and, and they've been playing pretty good, competitive, inspired they ball. Have. And, and it's entertaining to watch. But, but it's like you're, we're, we're wasting these starts because we're getting, they're getting so much starts. out of the pitchers. They're getting great and, starts. And we just don't Rogers have the bats been a to back them up. I mean, it, it, he's been I mean Rogers, again, one mistake pitch yesterday, and it cost so. us the game. Because we can't, because we can't get people on base. So, so that's that's going on with the Marlins. The Heat last night are now in the sixth seed. They beat Charlotte last night, and they're trying to avoid that seventh, eighth seed because that's yeah. the playing game. And I didn't tell you about this, but we have to mention this because we all love hypocrisy because we're all hypocrites. You know, Jesus calls us hypocrites. LeBron James last night they lost, and so they moved into the you know seventh seed of the season ended today. So they had to do a playing game. And he is upset. He goes, whoever came up with that idea, he didn't say idea, he said an expletive, should be fired. Uh, you know who suggested that? Let me guess. Uh, I mean, he was one of the people that suggested <laughs> that. I saw a screenshot this morning last year. It was a bubble. It was a different circumstance. King James suggested that. Are we still bitter about him leaving us in 2014? Yes, I am. 2013, excuse me. What was it? 2013, 2014. He left us. So, um, dude, yes, you're the defending champion. The Heat have gone through their own issues this year and and injuries and all that stuff. So uh, suck it up and and play. You know, yes, your ankle's not 100%. You know, and and that's the thing. When he wants to get into the playoffs, and I understand the Lakers, no one wants to face the Lakers in the playoffs, just like no one wants to face the Heat in the playoffs. Because everybody was watching that Brooklyn, uh, I wasn't watching, I know you weren't watching, that Brooklyn-Milwaukee game yesterday, and saying, this is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. He goes, yeah, there's a team down in South Beach that <laughs> has something to say about it. Because when all is said and done, this team has been tried, and and, oh, the, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the and the famous refrain on Twitter is, heat in five. Heat in five, baby. Heat in five. And the, and the Panthers are doing great. They clinch the Panthers playoff are in the playoffs. In the there playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Get those so, rubber rats ready. So, yeah. <laughs> Summer '96. That was that was just amazing. That was such a great run. So, a lot of things that we talked about today. The draft. I'm still like, yeah, I, it needs to translate on the field. I, I'm excited for Tua. 
has a weapon, and he and they got a tight end, decent tight end from yeah. from Boston College. It, it looks good, and they coach him in the Senior Bowl. But and I, rest- I can give you your twenty twenty two draft uh, prediction right here. Ready? Which is not a running back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> at this point, I mean, it could be the, the 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 you know the second you know the second coming of of Gale Sayers, and they, and they wouldn't take. I I know the rationale is. You don't take a running back in the first round. And I get that. And I totally agree with that. But when you don't have guys, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop because uh, we need to pray. We do. We, we do. need and, to pray. And, Father, you mentioned it. And uh, Pope Francis has asked us uh, throughout this month of, of May, uh, the month of Mary, to offer up a, at the very minimum, a daily Hail Mary. If, if, uh, if you can do a daily rosary, even better. Uh, but to, to really come together as a universal church to pray uh, for the, an end to this pandemic. Um, yeah, and again, you, we said earlier things are looking a little bit better here, but that's not the case uh, everywhere else. Uh, you know, India's been hit really, really hard. And um, so if we can go ahead and, and follow yeah, the lead of, we, our, we, of our Holy Father. I was, I was talking to a family uh, who's from India, the Stanleys here at, at the parish, and, and their parent, uh, excuse me, the wife's parents uh, traveled back to India. And I didn't, and it was, and they asked me for a blessing after mass last week. And it was after that mass that I read how severe yeah. the, the pandemic is in India. So it's 1.3 billion people. That's a billion people more than live in this country, yeah. and 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 not not quite the size of this country. So uh, let's pray for them and lift them up in prayer. And all the third world countries, because uh, you know the, the Holy Father mentioned this. From the very beginning, you know, we got to get the vaccine out to to the the you know the poorer countries as well. So this is Pope Francis' prayer for protection during the pan- the coronavirus pandemic, invoking our Blessed Mother in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on your our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast fast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas. We who are put to the test and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.